0: Welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, this might be a rough one. Uh, <laughs> might be. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough one for the ACC this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about some games we had this weekend. First off, how are you doing? Are you hanging in there?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Well, uh, that makes one of us. Yep, that does. That
0: makes one of us. Rough, rough weekend, we'll say. Um, we're going to recap what was a, a pretty disappointing weekend for the conference. But to start out, Mike, let's let's start here. We've started out the first couple of recaps this way. If there was one thing that you learned this weekend about the conference, what was the big thing you learned?
1: The ACC sucks,
0: and that might be putting it nicely.
1: That is putting it nicely. It is Clemson, and you know, twelve to fifteen layers of dog shit. <laughs> it's
0: very, very, very,
1: very, very bad. cover your ears everybody
0: it's Uh, bad yeah we might be labeling this episode not safe for work Uh, this is this is not going to be fun um the thing that i learned and i'll I'll actually be a little more diplomatic about this um i think at this point we have to really recognize that this is a a a definitive transition year for the acc Um, there are several teams that are very clearly in the midst of a transition and there's a few more teams that might be on the on the verge of going through a transition. We'll put it that way. Um, this was a a rough weekend. This, there were several out of conference games that by far did not go the way that we thought they would go. And they went in a very negative way for the ACC's conference reputation and just generally kind of what we expect this conference to be this year. Um, so let's dig into this. And, and usually we tend to start with kind of the, the biggest game of the weekend, that kind of thing, the most, um, the most interesting, usually a conference matchup, something like that. Uh, Mike, tonight we're going to start with an FCS game. Hell oh, yeah. And the reason that we're starting with that FCS game is my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets uh, lost to an FCS team for the first time since 1983. Um, the Citadel, 27, Georgia Tech, 24 in overtime. You actually got dangerously close to calling this game like on the money score-wise. You said 30 to 27, Georgia Tech. Um,
1: in my In my defense, I was very drunk during that preview episode so <laughs> i i don't remember much um hopefully i was semi-coherent
0: well that was something you had in common with me by the end of this game i, I don't know oh, either oh no um so mike here's what i think we need to do um i'm gonna ask you to set a timer for two minutes yep. I, i'm gonna just gonna talk and share some feelings for two minutes and at the end of two minutes i'm i'm done talking about this game how's that sound all right on your mark get set and go what an absolute embarrassment what an absolute abject disaster there is no excuses for this whatsoever and and most importantly mike this is not about the players there are some people saying oh well this you know this just says what paul johnson did towards the end and kind of what they left in the cupboard for jeff collins give me a damn break if you don't think georgia tech's players are good enough to beat the damn citadel by the way the citadel military academy respect the troops. Appreciate it, all that. If you don't think Georgia Tech's got the players to beat the damn Citadel, you've got another thing coming, man. This is a ridiculous, poor, poor coaching effort from this coaching staff. It is an absolute – again, it's an embarrassment. The offensive play calling at this point, I don't know if they're actually trying to win games or if they're just trying to put something on film for the recruits or something like that. It, It is ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense what they're doing. There's no regard for what works. There's no regard for what anybody's any good at. They just have a bunch of stuff that they're just doing for no apparent reason. I can't find any rhyme or reason to anything that Dave Patnode is calling for this offense right now. It's ridiculous. The defense, the defense defending the option offense, which, sure, that gives some teams problems at times. We've seen that happen for 11 years at Georgia Tech because there's almost everybody that played in this game defensively saw this for at least a year weekly in practice because that's just what Georgia Tech ran up until now. How is it that nobody had a way of finding a way to stop this? This is ridiculous, Mike. The 30 C- seconds. Keep going. The Citadel had 42 minutes of possession this game. Georgia Tech could not get off the field defensively. They went three and out multiple times on offense. The drive chart for Georgia Tech, punt, punt, touchdown, three and out, three and out, touchdown, turnover on downs, touchdown, field goal. Like, that, it was just a terrible showing, so much Ten inactivity. Seconds. The offensive line is a complete disaster. The end of the Nine game seconds. clock nonsense was awful. What an absolute embarrassment! There is no defending this. Don't try acting like this might be okay. It's not. This is on the coaches. You're not firing anybody for one game, but man, this is going to come up on their performance review. That's all I got, Mike. This is a complete disaster. I'm pissed and I'm done with it.
1: Uh, when you said this is all we got, that was two minutes and eleven seconds. Nice job.
0: Oh yeah, held on to that pretty well. Then all right.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. So at least one person is okay georgia tech um
0: (laughs) i'm gonna take a a (sighs) swig of my drink now
1: yes take a swig of that drink you will need it um what in the hell is going on with that offense
0: it's what i said i mean it's like there's no regard for what is working there's no regard for what people are and aren't good at it makes zero sense what they're doing on offense
1: i don't know what they're doing on offense um What's more troubling is they gave up 320 yards rushing to the Citadel, who granted has a decent rushing attack, but the defense left a lot to be desired. Um, The offense. I mean, man, oh, man. You didn't turn the ball over and you still found a way to lose. Um, Whoo. All right, passing the football. A lot of
0: penalties for Georgia Tech in this game, too. By the way, they got unsportsmanlike conduct like three or four times in this game. Yeah, which you're doing that against a military academy that is by far, you know, inferior talent-wise to you. What in the hell is yeah, that?
1: That's not. That's not good. Um, uh, Georgia Tech got outgained by the said all three fifty to three hundred one. Um, Georgia Tech only had the ball for eighteen minutes. That's a problem. Um, you mentioned the penalties. Penalties were a big issue. Uh, Georgia Tech's biggest opponent continues to be the forward pass. That's something you need to f- figure out very, very quickly. Uh, I can't believe they lost to the Citadel. I re- I wish I had more for you. I can't believe they lost to the Citadel.
0: Okay, last thing, and then okay. I'll actually be done. Um, so I-, I mentioned how the offensive play calling makes absolutely no sense. And part of that, Mike, is, as you mentioned, the forward pass continues to be Georgia Tech's biggest nightmare. And part of the reason for that is that they are specifically only going for forward passes. They're only trying to throw the ball down the field. There are no quick bubble screens. There's no quick, easy passes that they can get the ball to the perimeter. There's no easy throws for quarterbacks that were not necessarily recruited here because they're particularly good passers. You don't have Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers in the backfield there. Like – at some point, you need to make this easier for the quarterbacks, and Dave Patnode's not doing it, and and I don't, I don't understand it. Not to mention, why would you not throw bubble screens when most of your wide receivers have been trained blockers for years? Like, <laughs> I don't get it, Mike. I don't get it. It's pissing me off, and I, I hope it changes, because if not, like, either Jeff Collins is going to have to make a change on the offensive staff and who's calling plays and all that, or else... This is just going to be what we get for the next few years until we, you know, the athletic director is making a change. I don't know.
1: How do you feel about the defense now?
0: I still feel like the defense is fine. Um, they're they're going to be fine. This is a bit of a weird offense. It sounds like there were some comments made in the post-game press conferences that the players were taking it a little bit for granted. Oh, it's the Citadel. Oh, they lost to Towson and Elon the first two weeks. Yeah, by the way, uh, lost to two FCS teams the last two weeks and now come in and beat Georgia Tech, so that's fine. I think they took it a little bit for granted. It's it's an unusual offense. They're not really, I, I don't know. They're not going to see it again. It's. I think they'll still be okay defensively moving forward, but it, that that doesn't excuse this performance. There was almost no adjustment made. I mean, it was it was poorly coached. They were poorly prepared. They weren't ready to play. It was this was an awful awful showing, top to bottom for Georgia Tech.
1: Over under three and a half wins. Under. Over under under. Two.
0: If you're not if you're not beating the Citadel, I. I'll be surprised if they get two more wins. I cannot see them getting three. I don't know where they're going to come from. North Carolina's better than we thought they would be. Duke seems way more functional than we ever thought they would be. I don't know where they're coming from unless something really drastically changes, especially on offense.
1: I think you could get one of those wins against Virginia Tech.
0: Should we just go there? Let's go there. Let's just go there. We're going to go a little bit out of order here. Yeah, Mike, uh, to move on. The Citadel, 27, Georgia Tech, 24 in overtime. Let's never talk about this again. Um, let's. What we do need to talk about is a game you were covering from the press box. You're Virginia Tech Hokies, uh, 31, Furman 17, and, uh, excuse me, 24-17. Sorry. I, I, w- I
1: wish it was 31.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, this game seems a little closer than it ever should have been, and in fact, Virginia Tech had to dig themselves out of a hole coming out of halftime? Oh, yeah. Go on.
1: Uh, Virginia Tech turned the ball over twice in the first half. Ryan Willis overthrew uh, an intended receiver, Hezekiah Grimsley, on the left sideline. Got intercepted. Furman went in and scored. Uh, In addition, Virginia Tech had another fumble. Or another fumble. I say another fumble because that's the thing they really like to do now. Uh, Ryan Willis hit Trey Turner on a short pass across the middle. He fumbled, setting up Furman with great field position. They scored again. Uh, Furman led 14 to three pretty quickly after that. Uh, Virginia Tech's offense was moving the football a little bit in the first half, and the turnovers did not help. And the defense actually played very, very well yesterday, which it should because you're playing against freaking Furman. Um,
0: the Furman University Christian Knights, as it were.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the Paladins. Um,
0: I'll, I'll let you build the, uh,
1: We'll just the play the that
0: abbreviation there in your head.
1: Yes. Let's go with that. Um great. So Ryan Willis, seventeen of twenty-one for a hundred and twenty-three yards. One touchdown, one pick. Uh offense is not fit for him, Joey. He is a sling it pocket passer who is now confined to short passing routes because his offensive line sucks. And he is not a runner as a quarterback, but they continue to try to run him on quarterback keepers, which 10 carries for negative five yards is what you get when that happens. Now, you know, a couple sacks built in there, obviously, but uh, not good. Uh, Running game was better. Keyshawn King, 12 carries, 119 yards. Problem is he left the game with a hurt knee. Um, He met with the press afterwards and he is going to be okay, Just a bruise. So nothing serious there, but. Uh, yeah, he was hurt, so that wasn't good. Ryan Willis left the game briefly, got the wind knocked out of him. He ended up being okay. Uh, Virginia Tech is very, very good at putting together quarters of football. Sometimes they'll put together full halves of football. Uh, Virginia Tech was outscored fourteen to three in the first half. They were the lacking laughingstock of college football, and then they outscored Furman twenty-one to three throughout the second half and and route to that victory. Uh, Furman actually recovered an onside kick, so Furman kicked a field goal with not a ton of time left. Uh, We were inside two minutes. Furman actually recovered the ensuing onside kick. It got called back because apparently a Furman player blocked a Virginia Tech player before the ball had gone 10 yards, which resulted in a penalty. It was kind of a sketchy, sketchy call. Uh, Is that a rule? Yeah, apparently. Um, So for what it's worth, um, in the press room after the game, uh, it was either Andy Bitter or Norm Wood, either way um shout out norm um one of them asked justin fuente hey coach what was the explanation you got on the onside kick and have you ever heard of anything like that before and justin fuente said i didn't really understand it to be honest with you so you know he had a penalty go in his favor and he still didn't really understand why so that's kind of where we're at with hashtag acc refs so uh yeah virginia tech ends up taking a couple knees winning the game whatever uh little bit dicey. A lot of people really mad about Ryan Willis, the quarterback, which your options behind him aren't very good. Um, he's the best quarterback to play to the strengths of the roster right now. The strengths of the roster are at wide receiver. The problem is that the scheme offensively is not tailored to a pocket passing guy. It's tailored to a guy who can run and throw I'll love Gerard Evans. So that's kind of where we're at. A lot of people are fed up with the Coaching staff, fed up with the quarterback, fed up with the inconsistency. I get all that. Uh, From a 30,000-foot level, I think if Virginia Tech cleans up the turnovers, which, uh, by the way, updated as of yesterday, they now have the worst turnover margin in college football out of 130 teams in the FBS. Uh, They are turning the ball over more than anybody else, and they are not producing turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. With that being said, the defense is playing a lot better. Offense cleans up the turnovers. I do think they'll be okay, Joey. I think the turnovers are leading to some inconsistency on offense it's you know lack of complementary football makes the defense tired at times or missing tackles they would make ordinarily uh so the defense has taken strides in the right direction which was the major major issue last year i feel like the offense has taken a little bit of a step back though with these turnovers compared to a year ago so i think that's something they need to figure out either way not a good look for virginia tech falling behind to an fcs team um they ultimately win the game but There's a lot to clean up. They do have a bye week before they face Duke at home in a couple weeks on a Friday night, so nothing will get weird there. Um, Do I think they'll be okay? Yeah. Do I think they'll win nine games? No. I think this is a seven or eight win team, Joey. You're probably right on the money with that prediction.
0: Mike, I'm sitting here thinking, so we record this on Sunday evening. I'm actually really looking forward to next Sunday evening's recap show as both Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech have bye weeks next week, so we don't have to talk about either of our teams next week. It's going to be great. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm no kidding. Good. We need it. Uh, by the way, yeah, Virginia Tech needs to win seven games to make a bowl game. Just as a reminder, because they have both uh, Furman this game as well as Rhode Island on the schedule, two FCS teams.
1: Uh, by the By the way, Joey, it almost ended up being six because you know you assume seven if they you know beat two FCS teams. They uh, wasn't looking good there for a bit. That's yesterday. true.
0: That is true. Um, yeah, I mean, if they lose to Rhode Island here in mid October, yeah, it's still six. That's fine. Oh God. <laughs> and so my question to you, Mike, is at two and one. Are the Hokies winning five of the following games? Duke at Miami, Rhode Island, North Carolina at Notre Dame, Wake Forest at Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh at Virginia. Yes. Uh, With a little bit of hesitation
1: in there. Well, okay, so I think Duke's probably a toss-up. North, I mean, Duke really hasn't played anybody yet. I mean, they played Alabama, but I'm talking like a team at their level where we could like glean something from the result. Mm-hmm. We haven't really, I mean, they played Middle Tennessee and North Carolina A&T and then Alabama. So don't know what Duke is yet. Um, now, granted, they actually blew out the FCS school slash uh, group of five school that they did play. So for what it's worth, Virginia Tech I couldn't do that. Uh, that game's at home. Let's call it a toss-up. North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina looks okay. Maybe not quite as good as we thought after what Wake Forest did to them throughout most of that game. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. That's a toss-up game. Uh, I still think Virginia Tech should beat Georgia Tech. But <laughs> speaking uh, speaking of
0: segments we haven't done in a couple of weeks, the Cover Your Eyes game of the week there in mid-November, Virginia Tech at oh, Georgia boy. Tech is going to be an atrocity at this point.
1: And what I love about that segment is you can take it two ways. A cover-your-eyes game as in, oh, my God, that team's about to get murdered. Or, oh, my God, please don't watch this game. Yeah,
0: you deserve better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rhode Island, you better win that game. And then it's got to be one of, what, Miami, Notre Dame, UVA, Pitt, and Wake Forest.
0: I mean, at Miami, at Notre Dame, at Virginia, all really feel like losses at this point, with the exception of the fact that you haven't lost to Virginia in, like, 16 years. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you basically got to go. Uh, other than that, you got to go like almost perfect. through I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical at this point. I do not like what I've seen from Virginia Tech this year. Um, yeah, I've got one thing on Virginia Tech before we move on, Mike. And it's it's a new segment that I would like to call the Virginia Tech run Pass balance report.
1: Please don't do this.
0: We sit here and we acknowledge and we are all in agreement that Virginia Tech is bad at running the football. Right. Is that fair? better yesterday. Yeah, I mean, averaged a little over 5 yards per carry against an FCS team. So that, it was better. It still not like particularly awe-inspiring. 21 passing attempts, 43 rushing attempts, Mike. More than yep. more than double the running plays as they had passing plays for a team that seems built yep. to almost run the air raid. So Yep. Whatever Virginia Tech's doing on offense is a mystery to me and I'm guessing you're in that boat as well.
1: Yeah, and real quick, before we move on, offensive line, they've had injuries, but even healthy, they didn't look very good in the opener against Boston College, and we're at the point right now where uh, the receivers can't run more than five yards down the field without Ryan Wells getting molested in the backfield. So <laughs> this is a big problem. Big problem. Good
0: times. Virginia Tech 24, oh, yeah. Furman 17, the Hokies survive and, and live to play another week. Um, a team that did not survive this week. Boston College, a three-touchdown home favorite against a crap-ass Kansas team that just got beat at home by Coastal Carolina. Kansas 48, Boston College 24. Mike, what in the blue hell happened to Boston College in this game? I, it, My take on this was they went up 10-0 early in this game and then spent the rest of the game looking like they knew they were going to win. As like, I put it this way. Boston College went up ten nothing, put it in cruise control, except they didn't put it in cruise control going like eight over. And they didn't put it going the speed limit. They went like ten miles an hour under the speed limit, and then Kansas just blew past them. Like, what in the hell is this from Boston College?
1: Boston College uh closed as a twenty point favorite, Joey, at home against Kansas. A very, very bad Kansas program for a number of years mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh closes a twenty point home favorite. Uh Kansas ends up covering that 20 and then 24 more. Um, the largest cover by a road underdog in college football history, Joey. That is from Chris Felica. So,
0: dudes yeah. to the right, dudes to the left stuck in the middle with you. Good on you, dudes.
1: Good on you, dudes. Um, hey, Joey, the Boston College
0: defense. Yeah, how they do, Mike?
1: All of a sudden, they are not so secretly trash. They are actually hot, hot Flaming garbage. They are really, really
0: bad. Um, Kansas's Khalil Herbert and Puka Williams combined to go 33 carries for 308 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Oh Noted yeah. power-running powerhouse Kansas did that to your Boston College defense. Yeah,
1: and some guy named Carter Stanley went 20 of 27 for 238, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, Yeah, Joey, Kansas had over 500 yards of offense, and... Woof city for BC.
0: Absolute yikes. Um, Kansas' first road win versus a Power 5 team since October of 2008, Mike. Is that bad?
1: It's not good. Hey, Joey, real quick. If I told you that Anthony Brown threw for 195 yards and a touchdown and A.J. Dillon had 151 yards rushing, who would you think would have won the game?
0: Uh, Against Kansas? Yes. Boston College.
1: That's correct. Uh, Joey. Real quick, who actually won the game?
0: Uh, Kansas did.
1: Yes, by <laughs> three and a half touchdowns. Unbelievable.
0: My gosh. Um, Boston College scoreless in the second half. So they, they took a lead 24 uh, 21 with 45 seconds left to go before halftime. Kansas from there scores 27 straight points to end the game. Uh, I've got Boston College had three turnovers on downs in this game. Not great. And the second half drive chart in general, three and out three and out, 14 plays with a missed field goal, five plays turnover on downs, four plays turnover on downs, three and out, end of game. Yep. So whatever goodwill they built up scoring 35 points against Virginia Tech here a couple weeks ago.
1: Gone, baby, gone.
0: It is gone. It is gone. Oh, gone. Absolutely disastrous showing from Boston College. Somehow not the worst showing of the ACC all weekend, but... I mean, you talk about setting the tone for kind of what we saw a little bit this weekend. That that was right there with them. Um, that is a horrific home loss against a pretty horrifically bad Kansas team. That is a, a real good way to make the ACC look real bad, Boston College.
1: We told you that week three would get weird. Um, in addition to that, you know, we're not that far removed from Boston College being a top five nationally ranked defense. Like mm-hmm. inside five years ago. Yeah, like, like <laughs>
0: that was real recent.
1: Yeah, like three years ago. Like we were doing this podcast when that was happening. Um, Yeah, they're legit. We're legit. And then Don Brown leaves, and then it's a total dumpster fire. This is the lowest that the Boston College defense has been in a very, very long time. And to have it happen against Kansas at home as a three-touchdown favorite, you're setting all the wrong records here.
0: Oh, Boston College. Um, I would say it gets easier from here, but you want to talk about like playing scared? Mm. You know what they get next week, Mike? Oh, They're going on the road to Piscataway. <laughs> I don't know if Rutgers is any better than Kansas, but man, you just lost to Kansas, so you better figure out how not to lose to Rutgers because you talk about total embarrassment. You'd be setting absolute historical precedent for losing two weeks in a row to Kansas and Rutgers if you're Boston College. Yeah.
1: And then, then um, they play a real team on September 28th, Wake Forest.
0: What do you think the spread is in that game? Wake in Chestnut Hill.
1: Probably Wake inside a touchdown, don't you think?
0: I was going to say Wake by 10, given what we just saw. Well, given
1: what what you just saw. But it's still a road game, and Wake's defense makes me queasy as well.
0: That's true. That's a whole thing. We'll get to them in here in a little bit. Um, Yeah, this is a brutal showing for Boston College. And one of the thoughts that I had was that as much as we talked about them potentially having a rough time making a bowl game this year and then they beat for Jimmy tech week one and figure they probably got, got a win there that we weren't expecting them to get. So they might be back on track for their seven and five plateau. Uh, you just gave that win back. Oh yeah. This was a, a, I wouldn't even say penciled in. I, I wrote this in pen as a win for Boston college coming into the year and you just gave it back. Not great. I,
1: I mean, for them to lose the game would have been a surprise. For them to lose by 24 to Kansas at home is a shocker. It's a shocker.
0: Total mess. Boston College loses to Kansas 48-24. Let's just just get the hell out of here and move on. Uh, Another embarrassing loss that I have a hard time explaining here and understanding, Mike. Uh, West Virginia 44, NC State 27. Speaking of crap-ass out-of-conference opponents – West Virginia got wrecked by Missouri last week. I think it was 38-7. to And now this week, NC State gives up 44 points to the Mountaineers in in a square, rebuilding Mountaineers team. This is a horrific showing for NC State and Dave Doran. I, I thought they had looked fairly good through two weeks, and now they come out here and do this. I've got some serious questions about the Wolfpack.
1: Defense is bad for NC State. Um Gave up 173 yards on the ground, almost and and three touchdowns, over six yards per carry. Austin Kendall, 27 of 40, 272, and three touchdowns through the air. Um Matthew McKay also. Uh he had looked good through two weeks. He did not look great yesterday. Uh 23 of 40. No, 23 not. of 48 is not good. That's less than 50% of your passes for 207 yards and a touchdown. Joey, that's four point three yards per completion. That's not
0: good. <laughs> No, that ain't gonna get it done. That's that's four point three yards per attempt. Yeah, by
1: the yeah, way. Uh, yeah. Yards per I said yards per completion. Yards per attempt. Bad, real bad. Um, thirty-seven carries. NC
0: State was five of seventeen on third down.
1: Th- thirty-seven carries, one forty-four, and a touchdown on the ground. It took a lot of carries to only get one hundred forty-four yards. Less than four yards per rush. Oh man. Oh man
0: overall yards per play a West Virginia team that again scored seven points against Missouri last week and in that game they had 2.9 yards per play NC State's defense gives up six and a half yards per play to West Virginia in this game NC State had 4.29 yards per play on their end so you got outgained by up well upwards of two yards per play across the course of the game that is a train wreck for NC State
1: yeah and in addition like Offensively, Emeka mezzi twelve catches, hundred and three yards, rest of the roster had twelve catches combined. <laughs> mm-hmm. Matthew McKay's locking on to one guy, and oh man, he is not gonna stop peppering him with targets.
0: What a disaster. NC State's second half drive chart, by the way, Mike. Three and out, three and out, eleven plays field goal, three plays field goal. That was on a short field off of an interception, by the way. They didn't get a first down kick field goal. Eight plays turnover on downs, seven plays turnover on downs, five plays turnover on downs. Um NC State led 21 14 with three minutes till halftime and got outscored 30 to 6 the rest of the way. A couple of these it's teams not, were real, real crappy in the second half. I don't know. I don't get it, Mike. It's not good. Mm-mm. It's not good. Mm-mm. Bad showing. NC State was like a touchdown road favorite here and got just got beaten, beaten up by West Virginia.
1: Thank God. I or did I? I was gonna say, thank God I didn't touch the spread, but I might have.
0: Oh, I touched it. I, I This cost me something. Yeah. Cost me a couple uh, shekels.
1: It's bad.
0: Woof. West Virginia 44, NC State 27. Um, I think that's all I have for like explicitly embarrassing, terrible losses here for the ACC. We've got one more later that we're going to talk about that I think was also kind of a mess in its own way. But uh, we're, we'll save that here for a minute. Let's move on. Virginia 31, Florida State 24. I don't know if you watched this game at all, Mike, but this is I a did. wild, fun, ridiculous game. Um, Florida State, by the way, they blew another fourth quarter lead, Mike.
1: They did. They're getting really, really good at that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- they led 17-10 to 10 at the end of the third quarter.
1: Yeah. That's not something you want to get good at, by the way.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, no.
1: Let the record show. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Back and forth, second half, Virginia. (laughs) Oh man, Virginia went in to score to tie the game, and then what happened, Joey? Uh,
0: Florida State got it back and went three now. Well,
1: before, (laughs) before that, before that, Virginia goes in to tie the game. They get the score they needed, and they miss the extra. Oh gosh,
0: I forgot about that. You're right. Oh, that was that. That was
1: way way back early yeah. fourth quarter. Um, so much happened after yeah, that, I forgot. They missed about the it. <laughs> extra point. Yeah, they missed the extra point. Um, let's let's take it up. Let's take it up a level. Cam Akers, eighteen carries, seventy eight yards. That is not the Cam Akers that we've seen all year long. I
0: think that's that speaks to Virginia's defense that, as much as anything.
1: Correct. Virginia did an excellent job slowing down Cam Akers. And in my opinion, with all the back and forth and everything that happened in the fourth quarter, that right there is a reason overall why they won the football game. They slowed down Cam Akers and they made James Blackman throw to beat them, which, by the way, he damn well did. (laughs) He was real close. 22 of 37, 234 and three touchdowns. The stats are fine, but he made some big time throws in the fourth quarter to get Florida State within striking distance obviously the last drive in and of itself was he made a couple of good throws there but the clock management oh god the clock management was terrible
0: it It really was that was that was an atrocity in and of itself yeah
1: that was really really bad um
0: (laughs) they were wasting time out they were just like running little dive plays for no apparent reason and burning a bunch of clock like Florida State managing the clock there on that last drive was a total train wreck.
1: They wasted time out, and then when they needed one, they didn't take it, obviously, because they couldn't. And then, so you're inside the, the Virginia 10 with, what, six seconds left, seven seconds left? Get up to the line, spike it. Oh, just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're just going to try to run a play off the right side with Cam Akers. Uh, what are you doing? I
0: they're mean, that's four coaching. Yard line. Yeah, they're on the four-yard line. They go wildcat, just snap it straight to Cam Akers, Tackled for no gain, and the game's over.
1: Yeah, and that's that's on coaching, which is, yeah. I mean, we talked about Willie Taggart not being long for the job and all that. We covered that in the recap. Um, you know, obviously, with what happened last week against UL Monroe and barely eking out that win. And man, oh, man. Um, a lot to unpack here, obviously. I thought, defensively florida state was okay at times at other times they weren't very good bryce perkins 295 yards a touchdown and two interceptions the two interceptions in the first half were not very good and bryce perkins this is now a trend joey by the way he threw two really really questionable interceptions against william and mary last week the thing again a the thing about Bryce Perkins is that when he makes those mistakes, he does something wild to make up for it. So he makes a real, mm-hmm. you know, makes a couple, couple of big time throws in the second half and the fourth quarter specifically, um, scrambled for a couple of big time first downs. I mean, Bryce Perkins makes up for it in other ways, which is huge, which not a lot of teams have in the ACC, but keep an eye on that against better defenses a la Miami. Um, their their secondary is no joke and Bryce Perkins seems to have a tendency to throw it into traffic anyway Virginia survived somehow and then they stormed the field as a home favorite against a bad Florida State team question mark
0: um yeah I can confirm that that happened yeah and I I definitely turned my head in a couple different directions when that happened
1: weird total weirdness good game though what
0: you're doing here who's fans yeah. Um, yeah, for what it's worth, one of those two Bryce Perkins interceptions was basically a Hail Mary at the very end of the first half. Um, Florida State had the ball with like two seconds left and took a knee, so there was no real, no harm, no foul on that one. That, that kind of was what it was. But the other one, not great. Um, I, by the way, I don't know if you saw on the, the two point conversion that uh, Virginia scored to make it a full 31 24 game, but the Bryce Perkins little prance into the end zone amidst all the blockers and defenders and everything was just this little chef's kiss thing. Oh my gosh. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Scramble,
1: (laughs) scramble left. Doesn't look like there's anything there. starts dancing around like two cuts and then basically uh, a half-assed leap into the end zone. Like while everything it's chaos around him, like three or four defenders hung up, like craziness around him.
0: It was like, he was tiptoeing across the pillows and the floor is lava. Like it was, it was hilarious to watch. It was beautiful. I loved it. Um, yeah, a couple of things I have in this game: uh, Virginia time of possession, almost forty minutes. Yep. Um, Florida State just does not seem to be interested whatsoever in like sustaining drives from a timing standpoint. They just want to get on the field and get off the field with with or without points. Like, and it's almost like that has something to do with the defense giving up leads in the fourth quarter, almost like the more time they spend out there through the course of the game, the more exhausted they get. I don't know. It's this crazy thing that maybe, maybe somebody, a medical professional or something can figure it out for me, but I, you know, seems like there's a correlation there. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, Joey, real quick, just to, just to cut into, it kind of plays into that. Cam Akers, not running the ball that well yesterday, um, had a lot to do with that, with the time possession. So Virginia gets a little bit of credit there too.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, they barely had a chance to, um, By the way, his counterpart, Wayne Tulapapa for Virginia. That's a fun name to say, by the way. Yep. 18 carries, 53 yards, a long carry of eight yards in this game, three touchdowns.
1: Make the most of your opportunities, right?
0: Yeah, so I I think you can kind of see what kind of back he is, or at least the role that he played in this game. Um, Three scores on 18 carries and only 53 yards, so that's good. Um, Other weird thing here. Virginia had nine penalties for 97 yards and like almost came unglued there in that last drive by Florida state. There were multiple penalties and I I will say it is up for interpretation. A couple of those pass interference calls and such that extended drives, but Bronco Mendenhall getting a 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that pushed Florida state to midfield was out of character. Um, I don't exactly know where that came from or how that happened, but that was not what I expected from him. At that point, in the game.
1: Yeah, I mean that was a big time penalty. It nearly cost him the game, but you don't see Bronco Mendenhall pick up many of those. So it was certainly surprising.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a wild game, especially at the end. Um, I I don't know where Florida State goes from here. The defense is having some real issues, but so much of that really does seem like it's how much time they're spending on the field. Um, it seems like they are they're really good on like seventy to eighty percent of plays throughout most of the game. I mean they. They'll give opposing offenses a lot of problems. There's going to be some glitches here and there where they give up big plays, but on the whole, I mean, they get after the quarterback well. They defend the run pretty well. Like they do a lot of things well. It just, I, I think, eventually they just get t- completely worn down. And I don't know that that's necessarily a scheme issue or something that you fix with the coaching staff. I, I it feels like it's a bit of a uh, team strategy issue almost. So. I don't. I don't know if Florida State can get it fixed, but they're one and two at this point, and this thing does not seem to be going the direction they want it to go.
1: Uh, Definitely not. And I think we can turn up Willie Taggart's hot seat to flaming hot.
0: Did you say there was like a four-year-old that had a lemonade stand going to try to help fund Willie Taggart's buyout? (laughs) Really? Uh, Yeah, that's a fact. A fact that I saw from like a Deadspin article. So we'll call it a fact, but it could be a lot of things. Who's who's to say? price to your happy price priceline uh let's move on another super fun game Wake Forest 24 North Carolina 18 this was friday night this was a roller coaster ride mike uh, wake was just dominating this game in the first half they led 21 to nothing at halftime uh, and then what happened and then there was a comeback uh unc scores 18 straight points like to make it within 3 uh Wake ends up kicking a field goal. North Carolina has one last chance at the full comeback. It almost happened, and then uh, Michael Carter kind of dances around for a while and then finally steps out of bounds with, like, a fraction of a second on the clock. The officials didn't want to to, uh, acknowledge that. They didn't even want to go review it. They were, like, off the field by the time that anybody ever would have even, like, buzzed down for a review. Yep. And the ACC ends up apologizing for it on Saturday, saying, yep, we messed that up. They should have had a second. Now, does that make a real difference? Like, does Sam Howell actually complete a Hail Mary and and win the game for UNC? I mean, actually, the way things have gone for UNC so far, yeah, probably.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: Probably. But it was also a bit of a dumb decision. I don't know why Michael Carter didn't just step out of bounds quicker. He was really milking it for, like, an extra yard or two spending like multiple seconds doing so he should have stepped out of bounds earlier but yep either way unc tries to make the comeback they almost do and then wake forest holds them off um, really good game wake forest looked really good and then really struggled in the second half in a lot of ways i i think i'm pretty impressed with both of these teams honestly coming out of this game mike
1: yeah not to piss off north carolina fans but you kind of got what you deserved with that michael carter play at the end <laughs> um not to ruffle any feathers but i'm gonna ruffle feathers Um <laughs> Yeah, so the ACC screws up. Mac Brown had an aneurysm on the sideline. I mean, he was real, real mad. You was steamed. Yep. There goes my perfect season. Um, Wake Forest is good, Joey.
0: Wake Forest is good. The more you know, Mike.
1: I know. The more you know. So <laughs> they're good. That was, that was incredible. Uh, (laughs) i can't wait i can't wait to use that sound more uh jamie newman in this game so he goes 14 and 26 for 214 touchdown and a pick looked a lot better in the first half than he did in the second uh wake forest rushing the ball pretty good 222 yards on the ground took him 48 attempts but hey uh most importantly joey sage Surratt alert (laughs) whoa baby Nine catches for 169 and a touchdown. He good. He real good. Um, Keep in mind, James
0: only completed 14 passes. Nine of them were to Sage Surratt. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of blocking onto targets. uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, Sage Surratt has a way of getting open, and it's really helping Wake Forest's offense out. Uh, The defense obviously can be a little bit dicey at times. We know that just based off of... (laughs) based off of what North Carolina was able to do down the stretch. Uh, with all of that being said, I don't come away really like that disappointed with North Carolina. Like, hey, it's a tough conference game, right? Uh, on the road that you lose, uh, obviously falling behind wasn't ideal, and you had to really dig yourself out of the hole. But, you know, I still, I'm still i still pretty optimistic on North Carolina throughout the rest of the season. I I still think they'll have an opportunity, obviously, to make a bowl game and everything of that sort. But, yeah fallen that far behind to Wake Forest with how well they're coached. That is a tough ask of anybody, especially of a freshman quarterback, to make enough plays down the stretch. He nearly did it. Nearly pulled it off. But uh yeah, good win for Wake Forest here. Three and 0 I'll tell you what, Joey, there <laughs> are are they the second or third best team in the acc right now? I think they might be.
0: Wake Forest? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sign me up for that. Um Yep. I, I'm not so sure how many how many teams I would say would be favorite over Wake in a neutral field, or at least that I, I think couldn't beat or that, that Wake couldn't beat on a neutral field. Um,
1: Cam's going to listen to this and just freak out, but I mean, hey, Cam, Wake Forest beat North Carolina, and I love playing <laughs> transitive property in college football. You know the transitive property is total horse crap, but um, hey, <laughs> I know one team that beat North Carolina and one team that didn't yep steaming Deeks, baby <laughs> yep
0: yep um yeah this game so you could tell Mike, that north carolina made some real adjustments especially on on offense at halftime um they were having an absolute hell of a time north carolina starts o of 11 on third downs in this game like they finished two out of 16 that's not ideal uh they changed quarterbacks in the second quarter there for like a drive and then they changed back which is always the sure sign that Everything is fine on offense. Uh, Jace Ruder oh, got good. The
1: game. my Oh, good. My backup quarterback's not any good. Let's go back to Sam. Yeah, Adams. let's go
0: back to the starter who's not doing all that well. That's great. Um, you could you could really tell Wake Forest's strategy in this game was they were going to force North Carolina to throw it down the field with Sam Howell, and he had a really tough time doing that. Specifically, just being accurate on those throws. You know, um, they, they got six sacks in this game. Did Wake Forest? And and Howell had a real, real hell of a time trying to complete most of these passes, and that was why their offense stalled out so much in the first half. Um, I'll add, too, Mike, that UNC runs the ball 37 carries for 144 yards. That's pretty good. But Michael Carter had a 50-yard carry in there, and if you take that one out, the other 36 carries went for 94 yards, which is marginally more than 2.5 yards per carry. So, Yep. As much Pretty as, good effort. As much as Wake Forest is like secretly a Big 12 team in my mind, they're they're going to score a bunch of points and they're not going to play a lot of defense. They had a good defensive game plan here and they really gave UNC problems for a long time in this game. Um so credit to Wake yep. Forest defensive staff and really their defense as a whole they they played really well in this game. So shout out to the Deeks. Um, really good win for them. I I continue to be kind of in disbelief in where UNC is here. Not only in year one, but in month one under the new coaching staff. Uh, the Tar Heels, like I, I mentioned when I was talking about Georgia Tech, like they are way more functional than I thought they were going to be. I think they might be finishing somewhere in the middle of the division instead of towards the very bottom where we thought they would be.
1: And also, uh, to I mean, nobody believed in Wake Forest, but I'm looking at their schedule. They got Elon this weekend. They go on the road to BC, which we mentioned. They have a bye week before playing Louisville at home. Florida State at home, and then another bye week in NC State. Joey, there's a pretty decent chance that Wake Forest is four, five, six, seven eight. and zero going seven if they beat NC State eight and zero going on the road to Virginia Tech in November. Which
0: nine and zero going to Clemson? Nine
1: and zero going to Clemson? is <laughs> – oh my god, is Wake Forest a college football playoff team? Uh, now, um, please, yes, please. <laughs> I need
0: the steam and Deeks in the playoffs.
1: I mean, that would be something. Anyway, uh, in all reality, they'll probably drop a game or two somewhere in there. Defense is dicey. But uh, wait, But I don't know. The ACC is a total crapshoot right now, and I could see Wake Forest sitting at 7 or 8. No, it's not really – you don't have to squint that hard to see that with the offense that they play and the inconsistency of the teams on their schedule.
0: Like, I'm looking at this. You want You want to make a little friendly wager right here?
1: Oh, yeah, let's do it.
0: Elon at Boston College, Louisville, Florida State, NC State at Virginia Tech, Duke at Syracuse. I'm I'm taking off the Clemson game. Yep. If Wake only lost one of those games, they would be 10-2. Is that, like, that bizarre to think about at this point? Like, which, which one of those teams do you think is particularly scary for Wake Forest?
1: From a... Okay, so the answer is none. Because of maybe Florida these...
0: State, but you get that game at home.
1: No, no. So I'm saying just based on how these teams are playing, like none outside of Clemson, but from a pure talent standpoint, there are 3 of them. Just skill position talent. Florida State, Virginia Tech at receiver only, Syracuse at receiver only, and, and running well, back, I guess. Uh, and we'll get look, to
0: series here in a minute. I don't know about that. I, I, I think we may be able to make an argument for Louisville. We but can again, make an
1: argument for Louisville.
0: Of, of all those non-Clemson games, you get Louisville, Florida State, and NC State at home, which are arguably three of your four toughest? I don't know. This sets up really well for Wake Forest, and again, a program that we say is just, they're, they're very consistent. You know what you're going to get from them. There's a lot of upperclassmen playing for them i mean in a year where the acc like i mentioned in transition in a lot of ways um wake forest is is the constant you know what you're going to get from them just they're not going to win the division that's fine but like they they might win a lot of football games between here and the end of the season
1: we're at the point now we're at the point now where it's more likely that they that they win nine or ten games than it is that they barely scratch and claw to bowl eligibility, which is what a lot of ACC media poll voters thought going into the year. They thought Wake Forest was going to be one of the worst teams in the Atlantic struggling to make a bowl game. I think it's more likely than not they win nine or 10 rather than try mm-hmm. to make a bowl game and barely get there. Um, this is a good football team right now.
0: Yes, it is Uh Wake Forest 24 North Carolina, 18 uh, let's move on. Like in a game that I referenced earlier in a game that uh, is, is kind of a bad loss for the ACC. Not just, it's not really on paper. Like this is a game that we expected the ACC team to lose. It's more the matter in which they lost it is really kind of a, uh, a bit of a black eye. And I don't know if it's necessarily a black eye on the conference as much as it is on just this particular team and coaching staff, Penn state, 17 Pittsburgh, 10, um, this is a game that we really thought Penn State was going to run away with, and then when they didn't, Pittsburgh had a lot of chances to make this not only you know a, a close game, take it to overtime, if not win the game outright. And they didn't because of a calamity of errors that was just almost squarely on the coaching staff and how this game was coached. Um, this is this is a different kind of bad loss for Pittsburgh. Not that they they you know they were the better team out there necessarily, but more that they had their chances and they just completely whiffed on them for coaching errors. This is a bad look for Pat Narduzzi and his staff.
1: (laughs) Clock management, big one. Um, play calling was a big one. Uh, Yikes. Joey, without looking down at your notes, if you had to guess which total was higher, the number of carries that Pittsburgh had or the number of yards on those carries, which would you guess?
0: Yards. Pitt's is, Pitt's pretty good at running the ball.
1: They're actually piss poor at running the ball. Twenty-five carries for twenty-four yards and one touchdown.
0: My goodness gracious!
1: Now this is this is a kicker. Kenny Pickett nine carries for seven yards. He was your second leading rusher. Uh, Shocky Jacques Louis one carry nine yards. He was your leading rusher in this football game. Is that bad? Not good for Pitt. Um. Now let's go to the good side real quick. Uh, Kenny Pickett threw for three hundred and seventy-two yards, but he did not throw for a touchdown pass.
0: If you had, if you had told me previewing this game, Mike, that you had just come back from the future and you found out Kenny Pickett was going to go thirty-five of fifty-one for three seventy-two, no interceptions in this game, I I would have been like bum rushing my bookie to put as much money as I could on Pittsburgh on the money line. Like that is a remarkable performance from Kenny Pickett relative to what we've gotten used to how that translated into 10 points for Pitt is absolutely beyond me. I do not understand what the hell happened here.
1: I was going to say you rush your bookie to put Pitt money line, but then what happened, Joey?
0: Yeah. Uh, the same thing has been happening on all my bets this year, Mike um, rough for Pittsburgh. Yeah. They had almost 400 yards of offense and came away with 10 points. Uh, second half drives I've done this for a couple teams already let's let's look at Pittsburgh's second half drives here five plays punt five plays punt nine plays punt ten plays field goal miss ten plays end of game Uh, those those that nine play punt drive by the way they punted on fourth and two from Penn State's 48 yard line uh, when they're down by a score yep that's not great that 10 play drive field goal miss 19 yarder A whole other discussion, Mike. A whole other discussion. Um, Pittsburgh gets the ball down to the one-yard line. They have first and goal from the one. They are 3 feet 36 inches from the goal line. And from that point, Pittsburgh did the following. Incomplete pass. Kenny Pickett rushed for no gain. Incomplete pass. Okay, then we're going to kick a field goal from 19 yards. Hit the crossbar. Missed it. Hell yeah. That that right there, go get that, like, two-minute YouTube video of what Pitt did there on that four-played series. That should be on Pitt, Pat Narduzzi's performance review right there. That might be able yep. to be fired for cause.
1: Yep, that is coaching not to lose, which Joey— And you're made. down by seven. Joey, he was coaching not to lose down by—first of all, never coach not to lose.
0: A, correct.
1: Correct, right? Don't be. In other words, for the, for those of you who uh, are a little bit conf- confused by that statement, uh, don't be conservative. Don't be conservative.
0: Uh-uh.
1: Uh, not when you're losing.
0: Uh-uh.
1: Don't be conservative. Time dwindling. Offense is a mess. Running the football. Don't be overly conservative, especially when you're trailing. Uh, by the way, the checks notes. Thirteenth uh, ranked team in the country on the road. Yeah. You're in Happy Valley, and you're kicking a yard field goal. You deserve to lose. You deserve to lose. You're at the one-yard line. Punch it in.
0: Pitt had their chances, and that—that that is probably putting it lightly in this game. I mean, they absolutely had their chances, and I—I I don't understand what the thinking was. I, I think what actually what Pat Narduzzi said in his post-game press conference was, "Well, we had to have two scores to win the game, so you might as well get one of them there." Which is one way of putting it, but. Yeah. Or that's super flawed logic, Mike. That is
1: super flawed logic. Or you have one score to tie and you can't move the ball outside of Kenny Pickett. So when you're at the one yard line, it might be your best chance to put the ball in the end zone for the rest of the game. So why don't you take that opportunity on the road in Happy Valley against a top 15 team and punch it in the freaking end zone? If you don't think you could put, put the ball in the end zone from the one yard line, you deserve to lose the game. So that's exactly what they did. Pitt deserved to lose. Narduzzi sucks I mean I've I've been on this train for a while and let's Joey it's time to ramble his defenses have mm-hmm. defenses have been garbage since he's gotten there mm-hmm. granted they played a little bit better on Saturday against Penn State for, for the first time really in his entire time at Pittsburgh it's looked like a real defense outside of the maybe the Miami game two years ago right after Thanksgiving on Black Friday this has been a terrible defense the offense hasn't been much better you have game manager quarterbacks. You, you, the only thing that they've done on a consistent basis is run the ball. Yet, on Saturday, in one of the biggest games that Pittsburgh has all season, they go 25 carries for 24 yards. A team that's supposed to be able to run the football couldn't. Their defense has been better, but when you get that close, Joey, when you're at the one-yard line, don't kick a freaking field goal. What are you doing? They deserve to lose this game, and you know what? I'm glad they did.
0: Year five of the Pat Narduzzi era at Pittsburgh. There's no excuses at this point. I mean, you put up 10 points. There's a quarterback you recruited. This is a new coordinator that's supposed to make your offense go better. Like, yada, yada. This is this is bad. Pittsburgh's bad. They've been bad. I, we talked about in the preseason how, okay, yeah, you just won the division. Can you really fire a coach that just won the division? But if I'm a Pitt fan watching this, like, goodness gracious, this this is awful. Like, you can do better than this. You can do better than yep. this. And and this this is hard to watch. It's frustrating because this is this is a poorly coached effort right here. Like I have in my notes, Penn State probably the better team. If we go back, you know, at Thanksgiving time and say, Is Penn State or is Pittsburgh a better football team? I feel real good saying it's gonna be Penn State that we say. And yet again, Pittsburgh had their chances to win this game and they could have slash would have won it if not for some pretty terrible coaching. That's, that's what it is. So I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm pretty out on Pat Narduzzi at this point. I'm a little surprised that Pittsburgh fans themselves have not been more on this hype train of let's try something different.
1: I'm surprised you got a contract extension too.
0: Gosh, that's a whole other discussion. Um, Yeah, this is rough. I I don't like this. Um, Not a good showing for Pittsburgh. Penn state 17 Pittsburgh 10. Let's move on. Um, a game that was way more anticlimactic than everybody ever, anybody ever hoped it would be. Uh, number one, Clemson 41, Syracuse 6. And let's start by saying this. Clemson takes care of business. They sweep up. Trevor Lawrence, real good. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, they ran the ball real well. They outgained everybody. Clemson's the best team by far in the ACC by a country mile, we'll say. Yep.
1: Country 10 miles.
0: There's nothing else to say. Clemson's real good. They had a little bit of an issue with Syracuse. It was only 17-6 at halftime. Syracuse played kind of admirably and gave them a little bit of an issue. but
1: Trevor Lawrence turnovers kept a minute. Oh, yeah, real that, real. that was all You know,
0: blah, 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 blah. good. That's it. Syracuse, Mike. Yep. Is Syracuse bad again? Yep. I kind of think Syracuse might be bad. Tommy does not look good. 15-27 uh, to 27 for 172 yards, no touchdowns, a pick. And this is a real stat line, Mike. 15 carries for negative 42 yards on this game for Tommy DeVito. Yeah. Um, now, that includes yardage, and Clemson did sack him eight times in this game. But, like, there is, it's very clear that there's something that Eric Dungey had that Tommy DeVito does not have. And it's kind of blowing my mind that he is surrounded by so much senior talent, so many juniors and seniors, upperclassmen, that he has been able to do so little of anything with. You realize that Syracuse has is barely averaging 17 points a game right now. Yep. That is not what we've gotten used to with Syracuse under Dino Babers. That is not the Syracuse that was able to upset Clemson a couple of years ago, the team that won nine games last year. If they can't score – and by the way, we were told this defense is going to be better this year.
1: They aren't. They're worse. They're
0: not, they're not. They've given up 104 points the last two weeks, Mike. And, yeah, okay, Clemson, fine. But also Maryland. Maryland barely scored, what, 20 points against Temple this week? Yep. Syracuse is bad.
1: The yeah, offense is they're...
0: bad. The defense is bad. Syracuse is bad. I don't know. This happened like overnight. We might be starting to question that whole Dino Babers thing again here a little bit.
1: The uh, the defense is actually worse than it's been. So mm-hmm. for all the talk about it being better, it's not. It's actually worse than it's been. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse has never been able to really run the football outside of uh, Eric Dungy. Right. So mm-hmm. now you have Tommy DeVito, who doesn't take as many chances with his legs as a guy like Eric Dungy did. And you're seeing the difference in the Russian game specifically throwing the football. Tommy DeVito has not been able to take as many chances downfield as Eric Dungy did. The offensive line hasn't played well. Uh, the defense has been really bad. Tommy DeVito's turning the football over, which isn't good. And Syracuse is in a really rough spot here. They are not the second best team in the Atlantic. That's Wake Forest. Um, I'm really starting to wonder whether or not Syracuse is going to be able to win six or seven games here. Um, I'm not convinced they will. (laughs) I'm not convinced they will. And maybe this is total overreaction in the first three weeks, but they just have not looked very good. and They got to turn it around in a hurry.
0: The good news for Syracuse is that they have almost a month until they have to play a game of like real consequence. They have have Western Michigan next week. They've got Holy Cross after that. They've got a bye week and then they go to NC State on the 10th of October. So they have almost a month to figure out whatever the hell is going on with this team right now. But they have looked bad. Liberty, you won 24 to nothing. That's kind of nice. Shutting out a teams, not that easy. But, like, that's not a good Liberty team. And you that that was a game you should have won by six scores, not three. Then going and getting the crap kicked out of you at Maryland is a bad showing. And now not even really putting up a fight against Clemson is really disappointing too. So I am not impressed. I'm not happy with where Syracuse is at right now. I I'm with you that they've probably gone in my mind from, like, pretty clear second best team in the Atlantic. too. I'm not so sure they're making a bowl game this year. We'll have to see. Luckily for them, not a whole lot of anybody else in the ACC is particularly good either. So there's wins to be had. If you just, you know, if the coin turns up out. on your side that day, but that that's all I got for Syracuse. They, this might be an instant regression to what they were, you know, early in the Babers era slash even before that. I don't know. This is, this is not good.
1: They got to figure it out and figure it out fast.
0: They really do. Clemson forty-one, Syracuse six. Uh, we are running long here, but I kind of figured that was going to happen. Let's just keep going. Yep. Louisville thirty-eight, Western Kentucky twenty-one. Hey, Mike! Someone took care of business. I, that's the
1: first time in like forty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Care. Well, Clemson. I mean, Clemson, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
0: But it's yes. it's weird. It's like Louisville didn't screw around with a team. They're probably better than uh, this. Is this is crazy? Uh, Jawan Pass missed this game even for for Louisville. No problem. Didn't matter. Ben Cunningham comes in, goes 8-13 for 119, two touchdowns, no 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 picks. Uh Tutu Atwell, by the way, had a okay. remarkable game for the Cardinals. We're going to talk about him here once again just in, in just a minute, but he went four catches, 141 yards, and three scores. We saw a little bit of him in the Notre Dame game, and, and sure enough, he is a remarkable weapon for this Louisville offense. I really like what I'm seeing from Louisville, Mike, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there right now. Oh boy. Louisville's one of the best teams in the ACC. Change my opinion. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh,
1: I can't, but that speaks more to the ACC than it does Louisville, Joey. And look, Louisville has – Louisville pushed Notre Dame a little bit, which looked very good. Um, Obviously won last week. Looked really good on Saturday against Western Kentucky without Jawan Pass. Willie Cunningham, like you mentioned, a couple touchdowns through the air. Uh, Had 46 yards on the ground, looked very comfortable in the offense. 2-2 Atwell, 141 yards and three touchdowns on four catches. Guy's an absolute animal at receiver. Um, Louisville looks well coached. And like we mentioned in the season preview, Joey, it's not like they had a lack of talent. It was a lack of uh, motivation and uh, their talent. Yeah, like their talent trying for once, like didn't really happen a year ago. It's happening now. Yeah, Louisville's good, Joey. They're good, and they can definitely get seven or eight wins. I didn't think that was on the table. I think it certainly is now. The Atlantic is a mess. The Coastal is a mess. It's really just Clemson and everybody else, so Louisville might be one of those teams that steps up and surprises everybody, much like
0: Wake Forest does. This is absolutely mind-blowing to me on multiple levels, but yeah, it's crazy what like good coaching and a little bit of giving a damn will do for Louisville here. I mean, they, they went from like unprecedented levels of incompetence and being unable to even approach covering the spread last year to now looking pretty darn good. I mean, and and yeah, it was a a significant loss in her name and it was Eastern Kentucky and Western Kentucky. So I get that there's a, a step up in competition here next week when you go to Tallahassee and play Florida state, but like, this this Louisville team in the way that they have taken care of business the last couple of weeks and in the way that they put up a fight against Notre Dame that is a lot of confidence that has been inspired here it, from this this individuals uh, perspective i i'll say that
1: big steps in the right direction and mm-hmm. much earlier than we thought if you know north carolina is doing that in the coastal division under mac brown louisville under scott satterfield in the atlantic very similar situation where they're jumping up more quickly than i think you and i expected
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Um, I'm double-checking here. Yeah, by the way, when Louisville goes to Tallahassee next week, Florida State an eight-point favorite. Getting Louisville outside of a touchdown there, I really think I like taking those points.
1: Don't hate that.
0: I don't hate that at all. Uh, That's all I got here. Louisville 38, Western Kentucky 21. A couple more here, Mike, taking care of business. Duke 41, Middle Tennessee State 18. (laughs) Really good game for the Blue Devils. Uh, Quentin Harris was almost flawless in this game. 24-27 for 237 and four scores. This was a dangerous spot going to Murfreesboro and a a feisty Blue Raiders team that will beat you if you let them uh, have the chance. Shout out Al Groh. Um, Shout out Al Groh. Yeah, well, that was Al Groh's last game as defensive coordinator at Georgia Tech. Speaking of horrific, unbelievable losses that they've taken over the years. Uh yeah, Duke just takes care of business here. Uh Quentin Harris, by the way, adds 107 yards on the ground. So he was pretty much the entire show for the Blue Devils offense. Uh Duke looked real good.
1: Uh they did. Uh four touchdowns for Quentin Harris. He had more touchdowns than incompletions. Uh Quentin Harris. Good. Yeah. He had 107 yards rushing as well. He's a good player. Uh I mean Not so subtly, I think that Quentin Harris might be a little bit better than Daniel Jones, but who's to say? Um, Duke is a team, you know, like you mentioned, facing a pretty feisty Mill Tennessee team. Um, Mill Tennessee is now dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's basically my conclusion. They're dead now. Um, It was 31-3 at half. This game was over very quickly. Duke took care of business. That was refreshing.
0: Yep. I think that's all there is. Duke is looking actually kind of solid. So it turns out losing by 39 to Alabama is not the end of the world. It's it's like that happens to teams and Duke has actually found a way to recover kind of nicely. So good on them. Uh, they got a bye week here coming up and then they go to Blacksburg here in two weeks where uh, they'll face a far more talented, far more capable Hokies team that couldn't possibly lose that game. Right, Mike?
1: Oh, they definitely will lose that game. <laughs> definitely will.
0: Oh, what a time to be alive! Duke forty-one, Middle Tennessee State eighteen. Uh, last one, Mike. Miami sixty-three, Bethune Cookman zero. Uh, Miami a forty-one point favorite. They cover this with ease. We kind of thought that they might. Uh, Miami finally in the win column after a couple of rough games to start the game, uh, start the year. Shout out Manny Diaz and that new staff. Uh, I, I think that's all I got here. I don't nothing really to speak of here. Jaron Williams really good again. Nineteen to twenty-four, two fifty-four three scores uh dj dallas 108 yards and three scores on the ground Uh, ho-hum just exactly what you expected from miami
1: uh shout out to walk on jimmy murphy uh redshirt senior scored a touchdown this game for miami late so he got in the game scored a touchdown was carried off the field just like rudy so but not before he
0: got like completely run over in the celebration that was that was an extra little like easter egg that (laughs) kind of happened in the middle of that was yeah. As much as Rudy was this undersized underdog, you know, kind of guy getting in the end zone is cool. And then you just get like run over by your teammates is the most appropriate thing I could think to happen in the middle of that celebration. So um, go ahead. Sure. That.
1: Yep. Good win for Miami.
0: Yeah. Uh, like that's all I got on the games. You want to get us, give out some awards.
1: Oh, who? Yes. Let's give out some awards.
0: Yeah. Um, a couple of these teams are probably just exempt because it's just too much low hanging fruit, such as my Georgia tech yellow jackets Wanted to try to be a little bit creative, a little bit interesting with these. So, uh, go ACC moment of the week, Mike. Um, your Virginia Cavaliers had a big win over Florida State, and the uh, the fans behaved accordingly. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. They uh, stormed the field as you knew that they would. I can't imagine what would happen in Charlottesville if they lost to Virginia Tech again in a couple months.
0: Yeah, uh, well, it, well, the thing is, Virginia was an underdog in that game. It was kind of not really an expected win. So, you see why there was overwhelming excitement from the fans right
1: good lord i mean virginia tech was storming the field beating uva as well last year so it's not like (laughs) it's not like tech fans are any better they're not um whoops shouldn't have said that uh yeah but uh virginia storms the field against a team they were favored by outside of a touchdown so whatever this is what we're gonna do now everybody should storm the field i you know did miami storm the field anybody check
0: that (laughs) <laughs> keep
1: an eye on that it was a that big was, win it was a big win Yeah, it was a big win i mean they scored nine touchdowns did they storm the field okay uh, i don't know maybe well i mean they would storm the field if their fans showed up but we know that's not the <laughs> there's no one there to storm it <laughs> there's no one there to storm it hey got him okay but, uh, speaking of low-hanging fruit
0: so go ACC to you, virginia fan base for storming the field in a a win a, in a game where you're supposed to win that's that's always cool uh the brian van gordon memorial you tried award not, not you know again Passing up the obvious you tried, such as beating FCS teams. But um, can we go back to that one little segment that we had? Uh, Pittsburgh trying to finish drives. <laughs> My gosh, you tried, Pittsburgh. You got the ball at the one-yard line, first and goal, incomplete, Rush for no gain, incomplete, missing a 19-yard field goal. That is going to be one of the worst moments of the year in the ACC. You tried to finish that drive. It went poorly.
1: Yeah, 25 carries for 24 yards. If only they had a six two, two 225-pound quarterback who could literally just fall forward into the end zone.
0: I, yeah, I have no idea who that would be. I, yeah. No, yeah. Um, let me, Imagine that. I know Kenny Pickett's their quarterback. Let's look him up.
1: There quick. it is. <laughs> oh, hey, 6'2",
0: <laughs> 225. That's kind of a big dude. He's about the size of a linebacker. Wow. He'd probably push the pile at that point.
1: Imagine that. Checks out.
0: Good coaching, Pittsburgh. Good coaching. Um, so, yeah. Uh you tried Pitt. You tried. Uh player of the week, Mike, I'm going with Louisville's two two Atwell. And and I think there were there were a few really, really good performances. We mentioned uh Sage Surratt for West uh, for excuse me, Wake Forest. Uh we mentioned Quentin Harris for Duke, but two two Atwell, four catches, hundred and forty one yards and three touchdowns. I think he's the player of the week. He is a an absolute joy to watch playing on that Louisville offense right now.
1: Most bang for your buck, two two Atwell.
0: Yep. Uh, And then team of the week, I'm kind of between Virginia and Wake. I thought both of them had pretty good wins in in conference play. Didn't really embarrass themselves or the conference, which is more than most of these teams can say this weekend. So do we have co-teams of the week here?
1: Uh, The Citadel and Kansas?
0: I I will turn this car around and we will go home, Mike. I will come through this Skype call and fight you, damn it.
1: If it, makes you, if it makes you feel it better, won't. was almost firm in two on that list. It doesn't make
0: me feel any better. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's just go co teams of the week Virginia and Wake Forest. Uh, just, you know, winning games looking competent when that's a much higher standard than most other teams can meet. I
1: would have loved to have given it to Pittsburgh, but they pissed all over themselves. So uh, we
0: are. Gosh. Can we get rid of Pat Narduzzi, please? God. What a mess. Uh, I think mean, that's all I got on week three. Anything else?
1: Uh, No, that that was a good, long, thorough recap of a conference that really just isn't all that good right now. Yeah, we're upwards of an hour and ten
0: minutes. Um, In the words of Paul Johnson, flush it and move on.
1: Something like that, but are we sure week four will be any better? Because I'm not.
0: Nope, nope, I'm not either. Okay, there it is. I I got nothing. I got nothing. Um, Yeah, week four coming up. Going to be... Interesting. That's that's what I got. Um, Dicey. A week themed, what could possibly go wrong? Boston College at Rutgers, UCF at Pittsburgh, App State at North Carolina, uh, Old Dominion at Virginia. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some others that are, that are going to be interesting. Elon at Wake Forest. Elon's better than the Citadel, it turns out. So, you know, who knows how good they might be.
1: Uh-oh. Uh Oh, hey, that that old Dominion UVA game pretty big for recruiting.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. it's a Big recruiting game. Yeah. Virginia and Virginia Tech trying to hold serve as uh, the big teams in the state of Virginia. And it's it's gone OK so far. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll come back to that. Um, all right, Mike, let's get out of here. We'll, we'll come back and preview those games. But I, I'm kind of sick of talking about week three. So let's just let's just flush it and move on. Like I said.
1: Yep. Fair enough.
0: We're going to get out of here. We're going to come back in preview week four. Uh, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. And together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. I thought we had a really a lot of really good content tweeted from the uh, BC Podcast ACC account this weekend, so go follow that. should make it a lot more fun for you watching these games, hopefully. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, the Overcast app, and most importantly, on the Anchor app, uh, go find us there and, and uh, hit the subscribe button. We much appreciate those who have and, and all those who, who download the show and share us with your friends. We we try to make light of these situations when uh, they're not always all that much fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike, they can send us an email with their questions, comments, concerns, the longest email address known to Podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. I tripped into the intro just a little bit, but I think I recovered. So we're good. You, did. Um, you want to tell I us did. where they can find us on social medias?
1: Yeah. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey.
0: Please do. Please do. Um, Mike, I think that's all I got. You want to come back in uh, preview week Four?
1: hell? Yeah, man, we have to,
0: we have to, whether we want to or not, which is up for debate, but we have to. Um, all right. We will, we will talk then. And until next time, For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC.